You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Peel, and each week you'll hear from artists, entrepreneurs, and others who have found that betting on themselves has made all the difference. This week, my conversation is with Dax Mason and Lawson Smith, creators of Mason. Mason is a local restaurant in Sherwood specializing in Italian and French food with fresh local ingredients. A couple things stood out to me in our conversation. First, they have a lot of passion for what they do. For Dax, it's all about creating amazing food. You can tell just from listening to him that he connects with it at a really deep level. Lawson's passion is running the business and creating everything about the customer experience surrounding the food. They have different passions and different skill sets, but they combine really well to make a thriving restaurant. And also, you know, one final note, there's some pretty colorful language used in this podcast. So if you have kids around who you don't want repeating certain words, it might be good to wait until another time when they're not around to listen to this episode. Also, in talking to them both on and off tape, I spent a little bit of time making fun of uh, the food quality at places like Sherry's or McDonald's. And I kind of put my foot in my mouth when making fun of the food quality at these places. I figured they'd be more than happy to pile on. But proves instead to be the case, they didn't actually see those restaurants as inferior concepts. Just a different value proposition at a different price point. They actually had a lot of respect for them. So I just want to say up front, like, any preference they have for what they're doing is because it's their restaurant and they're doing what they want to do and not necessarily because they think their restaurant is superior to all others or that all restaurants need to be fine french or italian dining so i feel like a little bit of that is implicit but being super clear so that uh, other restaurant owners don't come by and throw bricks through their window or something i hope you'll enjoy our conversation We bought into the restaurant a little over three years ago when it was called the Mimo. Um, so we bought in with Mimo and uh, reformed a new restaurant called the Mimo e Dax, which basically means from Mimo and Dax, who are the two chefs. We ran that for about two years. It was strictly Italian food. We're known for making our own pasta. Uh, about a year and a half ago, Mimo moved to Portland and wanted to pursue other things. So we closed the restaurant, remodeled it for the course of three months and then reopened it with a new concept called Mason, which is a family name. It's Dax's grandmother's maiden name. And then we reopened it with Italian and French cuisine. So we added a new variety to the menu just to kind of open up the restaurant and to other people. Kind of evolved to what's local. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have a, lo- a lot of local farms. What made you guys want to do that? Well, we've lived in Sherwood for over 10 years and you know it's definitely important to support local community businesses farms some people who work in the community like we buy bread from a local um, Sherwood resident her name is Jody Berryhill and she bakes Italian peasant bread for us and we get um, peppers and tomatoes from the Webbers who own a farm here in Sherwood we try and source as much of our products from communities in Oregon as much as possible what did you guys change in the remodel like Everything. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a pretty major undertaking. Why did you guys decide to do it? Before, it was actually just that little room and a couple tables outside and a tiny, tiny baby kitchen. And then this was a yoga studio. We took it over and it looked like a a fucking yoga studio for a long time. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it looked like like an office building. Yeah, we made it our own. Not only painted and done all the general things, made the ceiling dark and put new flooring in, but we covered this brick wall here, which is from the 20s. It was under three layers of, of wallboard, so we had to take all that off and chisel all the grout lines and just make it, kind of restore it back to its original state. We made all new tables. We added a new bar made out of mahogany wood and a wine wall. We just sort of wanted it to 
kind of live up to the reputation of the food. And then by changing the menu, you know, Dax is an amazing chef. He's trained California oh, yeah. Institute, classic cuisine. So his food is really, it, and it continues to evolve. It's, it's becoming better and better every day. And we get a lot of feedback, people saying it's better than it's ever been. And so kind of just brought the exterior, the interior, and the food kind of all together to make it what it is today. And it's, kind of, it's been in this state for like about a year now? Year and a half. One of the things that you mentioned, you kept the same nine employees through the remodel. Yeah. That seems like it'd be really hard to do because it's typically an industry like pretty high turnover. Our people, our family, we love them, they love us. There's a camaraderie with them and a number of them have other jobs as well because we're only open for dinner so they really only have to work at nights. They were able to do those jobs but then we also hired them to help with the remodel so during that process of the three months when we redid the remodel they were coming in and doing odd jobs and we were able to give them some money that way because they're all amazing and we wouldn't be able to do it without them. So we found a way to make it work that they could carry over and come back. So, How did the team come together? How did you cultivate that? It's just finding the right people. It's a little bit of luck, but once they get in here, I think that they feel they have a good working environment here. Um, we value them, you know, we give regular raises and it's just a really good synergistic relationship with them and, and we treat them like family and they are family. and so it's worked out great. You know, occasionally someone will leave. I've had a few people leave that have gone on to other things because it's not a job that you do for the rest of your life. As far as like training slash hiring or like even firing, like do you guys have any insights in that? Like what's worked well for developing a team? Well, I know in the kitchen for Dax, it's a little bit of luck. And, and if they, if it's, we're like a, like a team. And if, if someone doesn't fit in the team, then it's then usually a mutual agreement that it's not working out. Yeah. We've had a few incidents of that. I've had jobs where I was terrible at it and it's not fun. Like it's not fun. No one wants to do something job. they're bad at. Yeah. I would imagine. I don't know. <laughs> like I quit before I got fired. So like, right. And that's usually what happens. I don't, I don't think we fired anybody at this point, but like Dax, what he'll do with kitchen people is he'll hire them, before he hires them, he'll have them come stodge, where they just come and work a day or two, where it's just, basically they don't get paid and it's just to see if it's a fit. And sometimes it's not, and then they they, be, they even decide after that it's not what they want to be doing. You could tell when, when people just need a job where... They just want a paycheck. Right, rather than right. Who are actually... I don't know, who take pride in their work. That makes sense, just in terms of having that like inherent desire to like create good food or... I mean, we totally understand the need for a paycheck. That's that's a, that's an understanding, yeah. understandable thing. But, but here, it's, you know, it's really about the experience. I mean, the customers, when they walk from them, when they walk in the door and you greet them, to when they sit down and you tell them the specials and you get their drinks and you get their food and throughout the whole evening, it's an experience that we want them to have and that they're after and that's why they keep coming back because... Like when I interview someone, that's one of the first things I talk about is how we want you to be a part of the team for the experience that we give our customers, not just to come here, clock in, do your job and clock out. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's really the key is it's when you're cooking in the kitchen and when you're serving and when you're working with the customers, it's all it's the number one priority is the experience that they have. And that's what will keep them coming back. So in terms of what uh, you guys have built here, like what made you want to own your own restaurant? As opposed to working under someone else. Because it's ours. It's my baby. Like, this is my baby. It's my tomb. This is, like, my fucking life. This is what I've worked for. It's not what I thought, but I, I love it. You know? It's yeah. like, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I live here. Like, it's not even a joke. We've joked about putting a bed in the back room so that he could sleep, take naps. 
but right. even when I'm at home, I think about it. And I and I've worked uh, I I worked for Starbucks coffee for three years out of college, and I was in the management program and managed and opened stores for them. And ever since that experience, I decided I always wanted to be my own boss. I mean, it was a good job. It was a great mm-hmm. company at the time, much smaller than it is today. Uh, from there, I op- I had a business renovating houses, and then I had a landscape business, and now I have this. So it's it's kind of always been my thing to just be my own boss. It's worked out well. So. Why do you think more people don't go that right? I don't know. I think a lot of, maybe there are people that, that enjoy having just sort of the nine to five. And I mean, this is not nine to five. This is all day, every day, all week, all year long. I mean, it's even when we go on vacation, I'm thinking about it. I mean, it's, that part's a little tough. And for some people that probably doesn't work. I also, besides always thinking about it, it's a lot of work to have a small business. I mean, from all the paperwork you have to file to the taxes, to payroll and hiring and firing and inventory and PR with customers and maintaining your customer base. I mean, it's, it's a huge job and it's not just when we're open from five to nine, Tuesday through Saturday, it's all the time. So, and I don't know that a lot of people want to do that. Yeah. So that was another thing I was going to, wanted to ask you guys about in terms of finding, probably seems like a funny phrase given what you said, um, like work-life balance. Do you prefer like imbalance or are there other ways that you can balance it out? Well, I force him to take days off occasionally and we go to the beach or I think you really have to love what you're doing. I mean, I think for us, this is where we want to be. We've made a lot of friends through this place. A lot of our customers have become friends of ours. So we do things with them socially when we have the time. And Oh, um, we are Sherwood. Yeah. Like we are part of Sherwood. I love Sherwood. Everybody. Old Town Sherwood. These, yeah. This is like, these are my people. We have a, a sous chef who works with Dax, who started here basically just to have a job out of high school. His name is Harrison, and he has since been inspired. He wants to be a chef. He has, has really made gluten-free an option for this restaurant. He is spectacular he's, at what he does. We used to buy the gluten-free bread. Now he's baking it. He's making the pastas because he's gluten-free himself, so he's kind of always got an eye on that. And we probably do have about 10% clientele that are gluten-free. But, but Harrison... The sous chef, he's now been inspired. He wants to go to culinary school. I mean, he's going to work. He's going to have his own restaurant. He will have his own restaurant one day, Many. I'm sure of it. How old is he? He's uh, 20. I've heard mixed things about culinary school. Do you see it as still valuable? No. Why, why is that? I don't know. I think it's more just because you go to school doesn't make you a chef. Like, you, you, it needs to be in you, I guess. Well, and I think that's true, but also it does give you a background. It gives you some of the scientific parts of, yes. of chefing. Yes, and so for that, it's it's good. And it's expensive, though. Like, how would you go about it? I would just start washing potatoes and just work my way up, read a lot. I don't know. Dax Have still, rich parents. I mean... <laughs> Dax still believes in cookbooks. He still reads cookbooks. Um, Julia Child. I have some old, old, old fucking cookbooks that I, I still use. It seems like there's a lot of resources out there where you could learn kind of like te- technical things. But you do you need the, the like the regimen of of like you would have to like work on a cruise ship or or something. You need like some kind of structure. I think there's also uh, besides the science and cooking, which there's a lot of that. It's, it's the structure, like he was saying, of working in a kitchen. I mean, there's definite processes and stations, and you have to have speed and still maintain quality and have a care and the love for the food you're producing, and that's really what makes great food is knowing the science, knowing how it works in a kitchen, but also really being passionate about what you're doing. I think that's really important. You can dodge it if you'd rather not. Sure. What's it like working with someone you're married to? 
again, that's another thing that just takes, you have to be willing and able to do it. I mean, not everyone can work with their spouse. Are you guys like in close proximity to each other like all the time? Or? Yes, all the time, 24 <laughs> yeah. seven. I mean, where it's about 1800 square feet here. So it's not, right. it's not a lot of room for escape. However, and Dax will disagree with me, and he hates when I say this. He has his domain, which is the kitchen. Fuck off. No. And I have my domain, which is no. out here. No. Yes. He doesn't like to admit it, but it's true. And um, so we do have our own roles and responsibilities. I mean, everything that comes out of the kitchen, every beautiful dish, creation, every food um, um, that is served is Dax. I mean, it's... No, no, no. The restaurant is my concept. It's my baby from start to finish I waited tables for years. I was a soda jerk. I did fine dining. I so I, and that's the difference between us. That's his reality and my reality. I mean, but the honest, the honest truth is, neither one of us could do this without the other. I mean, no. Dax doesn't want to do anything with the books or business, or he doesn't really like even managing people. Like if I need someone to come in for a shift they're not scheduled for, he doesn't want to be the one to call them. I do. He doesn't want to deal with taxes. He doesn't want to deal with... He really doesn't even like dealing with customers. I mean, he... So you're more on, like, the business operations side? Business operations, yes. public relations... It's more, like, on the artistic basically side? Basically everything except... Factory. Except the kitchen. Factory. a pasta factory. Basically everything except the kitchen is my domain. We've been together for 12 years. At the bottom, at the end of the day, we know what works, and it works, and that's the way it runs. And, but we enjoy being around each other. I don't think I could do this if I didn't enjoy being around him. I wouldn't be able to see him 24-7. I know that's why a lot of married couples like going to their jobs, because they don't want to be around their spouse 24-7. He's my best friend. I feel pretty happy in my relationship, and I would say that about my girlfriend, that she's my best friend as well. Yeah. But still, like, space, like, that's important for for us in our relationship. We have quiet times. Like, we're next to each other, we'll be quiet, because we don't have a whole (laughs) lot to say to each other. (laughs) Especially after, like, a, a really busy weekend. I mean, our weekends can be so busy and stressful and we get through it beautifully but at the end of the night we have nothing to say because we're talked out it's fine we know that about each other now i mean in the beginning of our relationship if that were to happen we'd be wondering what was going on but now we've been together long enough we know how have you guys put your visions for the restaurant together were there areas where you like disagreed on stuff like the like the the renovation absolutely i used to build houses in atlanta and i i've had a lot of experience with renovations so i did initial sketches and got tear sheets of all the finishes and paint swatches and things and then tried to compromise as much as possible. And uh, he won some battles, I won some battles. But there were also days when he wasn't even here, so I just did what I wanted. Yeah. So, In terms of like, managing a restaurant, do you think there are misconceptions people have about it? Yes. Well, I think the biggest, sure. biggest one is people think it's easy. Like, I don't think people realize how much work Sorry, goes into okay. it. Yeah. Or how about, like, starting a restaurant? I mean, now that you guys have done this, because there are a lot of people that start them, right? Or that think it's a good idea to start them yeah. where it turns out not to be? It's, oh, yeah. Well, there's, we've done it basically twice because we, we did it when we reformed the business with Mimo, um, when we did the expansion into this space, and we basically formed a whole new LLC. So we had to go through all the paperwork with that. And with the state, with the county with OLCC, with everything. We had to f- go through all this paperwork and make it happen, and that's a lot of work. Yeah. And then you got the, you know, the startup where people are coming in, it's, a, it's kind of a new space, they, they wonder if it's the same thing, and you kind of retrain people that you know, this is our food, and, and you kind of grow your business from there. When we closed and did the renovation, we basically reformed a new LLC, and then we did the renovation, and after three months reopened with a new name, a new concept, and once again, that's sort of training people we're still, yes, part of the old restaurant, but we're a new restaurant. 
and people that loved us came in and they and they if they still love us which pretty much most of them did they keep coming <laughs> back but then you got people coming that didn't come to the old restaurant because maybe they didn't like it and came back and gave us another try and so you're kind of re-winning customers over is there anything that you guys found like particularly useful for that in terms of like marketing or wish i wish we we knew how to advertise i wish we knew how to do like Facebook and all that stuff. Like a podcast. I'd have a podcast where like we don't even have a fucking website. Yes, we do. We yeah. do, but it's like black. There's no pictures or nothing. So I actually avoided Facebook my entire life until we reopened this place two years ago or a year and a half ago, and then I I formed a Facebook page and um, have been utilizing it, and it's it's definitely a good way to get it out there, but. Our restaurant survives 95% on word of mouth. I mean, couples bring in couples, couples bring in couples. And we're very blessed because that's not always the case, you know, with with restaurants. And I think it's a unique situation. We're in Old Town Sherwood. We're really the only restaurant of its kind in Sherwood. I think a couple new places like on your guys' um, strip, street here, like your neighbors, yep. does that help to drive traffic for you guys, do you think? Well, oh, yeah, everything. Like cross traffic among the different Absolutely. Places. Yes. Yeah, and we have a great relationship with both 503 Uncork, the wine bar, and then Rallison just opened this year, the tasting room between us and the wine bar. Um, when we did the expansion about three over three years ago and made Demimoe Dax bigger, Deb also opened 503 Uncorked immediately adjacent to us, and that was really a great situation. A lot of people would go back and forth, and it worked out well. And then she moved to the corner, a bigger space, and then Rallison moved in between. And the three of us, even now, you know, we're all on the same block. We all have outdoor seating that's kind of adjoined. Downtown Sherwood's just awesome. It's, and it's a great old town and a very loyal loyal uh, community. My understanding is like with, I guess, small businesses in general, but like new restaurants, like the fail rate's pretty high. Oh, yeah. Like, why do you think that is? Oh, my God. Because it is extremely, extremely expensive. And the, the margin for profit is very, very tiny. And it depends how you do it. Like you could sell your soul to certain companies, I won't say names, and make a little bit of money, but then you lose quality or vice versa. Are you talking about like a franchise? Well, first of all, every restaurant, if they have their own niche that works, it's like their own little thing that makes them unique. I think that's what makes a restaurant successful. I mean, if you go downtown, there are restaurants turning over constantly because it's flooded. But the ones that succeed have a spe either a special type of cuisine or an ambiance or some shtick that makes them unique. And I think that's really where it plays out. What he's talking about with the quality of the food is there are a lot of restaurants that use food distribution companies to get their products. And Dax doesn't like to do that. That's, that's just his preference. He wants to buy fresh, local, as much as possible. Given that, it's more expensive. Or ported. I, I'm all, all down for imported chocolate and all kinds of shit like that. I get Correct. the highest quality French shit. Like my and, and that makes the food cost higher. And so with that, we have to price accordingly. Plus all of our pasta is handmade and everything is pretty much made from scratch. And we don't buy dressings from a company, we make them. You know, everything is done by hand. So our cost has to be a little bit higher. And a lot of, not a lot of places can get away with that because they're competing with hundreds of restaurants within a That's five block race radius. And we're, we're fortunate in that we're in a town. We have established ourselves We've um, got a great client base. I mean, our customers are amazing, and it's growing all the time. We've made a lot of friends through that. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, our food and our experience and our wines and our cocktails are yeah. are unique, and they're what we made them, and, and that just kind of gives us that little bit of edge. Why other businesses fail, I don't, I 
I mean, I don't know if there's a general answer for that, but it's management, you know, location, food, employees. Management is, you know, you got to manage you, every day. You got to look at the bottom line, making sure you're making money, um, yeah. overspending on things that you can't afford. I mean, like we want, I've wanted new awnings. Our awnings are horrible out there and they're old, they're moldy and stained. But it was a priority list of things we could spend when we did the renovation, and that was not one of them that made the cut. Now, after a year and a half, I'm having them change next week to brand new black awnings because it's always something I wanted to do, but I knew that we couldn't do it right off the top. The renovation, there were a few things we had. I mean, I wanted to lift the ceiling and make it higher, but it just was not cost-effective, so we ended up keeping the same height. So I think that's part of it. I mean, mismanagement, mismanagement of your employees, you know, having high turnover is not good for a restaurant. Because you got to keep retraining them. You got to keep. It looks bad on the restaurant, actually. It yeah, I mean, you, you've got your employees have to feel valued. I mean, not just with raises, but with more responsibilities and praise and giving them, you know, parties. Parties. I mean, every week, Dax takes his kitchen to Burgerville. But it's just little gestures of things to show that not only are they our family, but we appreciate everything that they do, and we could not do this without them. Not even close. There are many answers to that. I mean, I mean, it could also be. If you're in a high rent, you're paying a lot of rent, and you're not getting the return on that. I think that's an issue with Portland, is the rent's extremely high there yeah. compared to here. Does it probably vary by area? For a restaurant in Sherwood, roughly how much of the your revenue is like taken up by rent? I mean, you don't have to be specific. Is it like 30 plus percent, or like 20%? Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's in the single digits. I mean, rent, oh, really? our highest cost <laughs> per month is salaries. I mean, that's, and that's, that's, that's a given. You know, salary is definitely the highest. Um, the wine costs are high. We sell a lot of wine here, and I've priced them to the point where I think that's why our sales are pretty good. I mean, I don't triple prices of wines like a lot of restaurants do. Well, and the prices are better. And we do good wine. We have good wines. One thing that I meant to ask earlier, like, has customer feedback changed the direction at all? Yes. Customers, they will tell you what they want. You could steer them, you could, you could expose them to new things and new ideas. Well, I always appreciate feedback and, you know, and encourage it and people do get yeah, feedback. Yeah, like sometimes I, there was a period where I was under-salting. Yes, that's true. And, and now I don't. What happens when you under-salt? People ask for salt. They ask for more salt. Like it just doesn't taste salty enough? Well, salt, like a... salt is brings out magic. Yeah. I mean, it brings out flavors in the food. So without the right amount, you're not going to get the best. It's going to taste like shit. It's going to taste like there's it's no salt. Like, like you have to, it's gonna be and everyone's different. It's going to be bland, exactly. I mean, salt's so magical, it was worth more than gold at one time in history, yeah. so. That's amazing, like, how cheap it is today compared to, like, at any other point in human history. Yeah. It's, it's like a non- Now, do you take it for granted? Well, well, yeah. And now it's, it's, now there's so many different kinds. Yeah, what's your take on that? Like, is it, is it actually better? Like, the pink Himalayan salt? I mean. Does it change the flavor at all? differently um if you don't cook it like if, if you eat it raw yes of course you know what i mean but if you cook it in in sauces or soups it, it's not it's the same You're not gonna it's the same chemical okay. some of them have different texture i have black salt that i just have for decoration because I, I like salt um there's really cool flake salt that just looks amazing but it's really expensive and so salt. back to your question feedback is very important and we appreciate it um i would i much more, I appreciate more when people tell me stuff face to face as opposed to like going on Yelp. I would rather they just tell me to my face so that I can either make it better, all of the above, make it better, apologize, and bring them something else or correct the problem. So it's always appreciated when people say stuff. And that said, we also get a lot of positive feedback. So 
that also helps us because it helps us know what we're doing right and helps us know what we keep doing. And um, it's all, you know, every community is different. Every restaurant's different. I mean, you get used to what people like here. We introduced escargot here. We started doing that when we reopened. And a lot of people, when they first came in, had never had it. And now we have people ordering it all the time when they come in because it's something that Delicious. They've, they've been exposed to and they right. like it. Uh, Fra gras, uh, all kinds of great things. Uh, cow heart, like duck lamb like all these great things that we used to eat we eat now that we used to eat you mean like hundreds of years ago or even like my grandparents generation exactly yeah. Yeah, I grew up eating like cow tongue and stuff see yeah. and now it's like there's cow tongue burritos and mexican restaurants and it's nothing because it's so tender and yeah the price is going up because now it's kind of trendy like yeah. all this all this shit is getting trendy again yeah. we're doing oxtail we've done we're trying to experience new things yeah Ordering kangaroo too. What's the, like? What's the property of oxtail that makes it good for cooking? The gelatin. Like, what does that result in in terms of what you eat? Texture and optical, because there's you know there's a round bone and it's cooked away. It's just beautiful and it's old. We're even doing like we've done frog legs. You know things that you wouldn't necessarily eat on a regular basis, fun. but it's fun to experiment. And you get people that will try it for the first time. That's kind of what we want to do: is be opening up new ideas of of cuisine to people. Dax is really good at that. Do you have a favorite thing that you like to cook? Duck. I have duck confit. That's probably my favorite thing. It takes a long time. It's romantic. Does it line up well with what you like to eat the most? No, I eat garbage. I eat lots of candy. I drink lots of Diet Coke. I smoke cigarettes. I splurge and I, I mean, I do eat a lot of duck, but I couldn't eat my food. It's just sad. I know. We don't get a lot of opportunities to go out but when we do we like to go to nice restaurants and he does like to try things too expensive um, i could make the we, we i mean i could do the same thing cheaper what do you guys eat at home no if we cook at home i usually am the one that cooks okay. i cook my mom's recipes that i was raised on like just home very homey cooking um, everything from her chili to her um, chicken and dumplings to I mean there's just all sorts of things I had growing up and I like to make those once in a while and uh, so when we when we're cooking at home he doesn't really want to cook so I do it so who taught each of you to cook my mom and I taught myself a lot of things as well Dax I'm, cer I'm certain that his grandmother was the initial person that taught him but he's also been trained since then but yeah his grandmother was an amazing cook and has all sorts of recipes that Dax has in a little box I don't have the formal education or the the social graces of my husband, but I can cook and I, you know, I can work. It's like either this or dig ditches, which I don't like to do that. I don't know. You just love it. You just have a passion. What would you say to someone who's thinking about becoming a chef? Or like Harrison, like what would you have advice for him? You find your way. You, you find what you what part you like and you go with it and you just you're always going to learn about it so I don't know I think it's a good thing that Harrison is doing this now first before he goes to school because like Dax said I think it might he'll have a better idea if he does he'll have a better idea of what he wants to really focus on in this business you got to love what you're doing to really make it successful that's to, to do the kind of career of being a chef or a business or a restaurant owner you really got to love it and so I think that would be the advice you know make sure you really love it like before you go invest hundreds of thousands of dollars in school, make sure you love it because it's not as glamorous as it appears to be at all times. I mean, there's a lot about it that's wonderful. I mean, we wouldn't be doing it if we didn't feel that way, but there are 
aspects of it that are a lot more challenging than yeah. you would think. What yeah. is it about it that you love? Well, I like the social aspect of it. I like interacting with the customers and my employees. I like the the creative aspect of it, not just with the food, which is really more Dax's department, but creating the environment, the space, the wine list, you know, the menus, the flowers. I mean, we have our, our friend Jeff does all our flowers for us. And just maintaining that level of creativity with the people that are also working with us is probably what I love most, that and the social aspect. Did you have any entrepreneurial ventures as a kid? Mine was the lemonade stand. Okay. My grandmother had a lemon tree in the backyard, so my lemons, my lemonade was real lemons. Okay, lemon, sugar, water, ice. Not only that, I was cute. I was a cute little blonde-haired boy, and I sold, I, I knew what I was doing, and I sold the shit out of lemonade. Dude, candy bar sales, all that stuff, I could do that. Bartending, I, oh lord. How old were you when you decided to become a chef? Or like when you started working in the kitchen, moving that direction? I always liked cooking. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to have like a, a normal, you know, like a family and a wife and kids and, you know, like a real job. But I enjoyed cooking. I like cooking for my friends and, and things like that. And I just wasn't good. And so then I had to go to school. And that's, but I've always known I wanted to go to a restaurant. Well, and when I met Dax, he was working at a restaurant downtown and he wasn't really, he was chefing a little bit, but he was, um, managing it more than anything and he just wasn't making him happy and he'd had some jobs where he was on the line chefing previously and that always when he would talk about those experiences it always seemed like he enjoyed that much much more so it was always kind of a goal to have a restaurant where he could be his own do his own thing and, and this opportunity came along and we bought in and that's sort of you know we're very grateful to that like mason wouldn't be here today if it weren't for the fact that we met mimo and bought in mm -hmm. to that restaurant with him and worked with him and did that for as long as it lasted and then when Mimo left it just sort of opened this opportunity for us to create a restaurant of our own that we really that he really wanted for his the type of food he would make and the, and the variety he would create it wasn't just going to be Italian anymore because he had a lot more to offer than just that so but French is just more refined Italian food <laughs> and I've you know, I've had a few other businesses, but I think this is by far the most rewarding because it's, you know, the creative outlet part of it for me is, is I get a lot of satisfaction with that and, and seeing Dax happy and what he's doing is, is everything to me, so. Kind of a pivot. Um, I saw there was one article, like, that said you guys are, like, going into, like, lunch and brunch. Was that true? No? It's not true. Not true? Because I was wondering about... Fake news. Fake why, news. Why do, why do restaurants do those things? Money. We, money. Everything, okay, everything we do is money. If, if My restaurant is money. I wish, I wish I had a lot of money and I had a big house in the hills and everyone would just come and I'd feed them wonderful meals and they'd go home. And I'd do that day in, day out, but I can't. Money. Now, you bring in a lot of money for brunch, but that's a lot of work. And, and same for um, lunch and happy hour. And I I don't really care about brunch. Like, uh, there's no fucking way I'm getting up that early on, on a Sunday. And it's just a bunch of 
I don't like Especially breakfast. Especially after like a busy Saturday night. Yeah, and I don't really like breakfast food. I don't like cooking it. I don't like the smell of it. Lunch, I feel awful for because I did lose a lot of my, my customers, my a lot of our older clientele who lived on a fixed income or don't eat large portions or don't really go out to dinner, they, they would do lunch. And so I did lose a lot of them. I, I'm i too busy prepping for dinner to, to do lunch. Well, that's, and that's the, that's the crux of why we aren't open for lunch is that, you I know, was bigger and I had like a we get machine. here at 11 a.m. and we leave at 10 p.m. and we're Dax is here prepping all day and I'm shopping and doing whatever other things I need to do during the day and then we open at five and we we serve and cook food for four hours four and a half sometimes and then we clean up and we go home I mean it's there's there's no time in there for lunch and um, we didn't lose that much I mean there were there's definitely some regulars that came in for lunch and we've had people ask about it faster and cheaper and we would love to be able to do it but it's just not possible the only way it would be possible is if we a we had a little bit bigger kitchen and we had more staff doing lunch, but then we weren't making enough money when we did lunch in the old restaurant to pay those people. So, um, and there would be days where no one would come in for lunch. And then there would be days where you get three or four tables. It's just not, it just wasn't a lucrative business for us. And brunch, we strongly, I mean, I know the article you're talking about and we did really think about doing that, um, but we did it for Mother's Day. We did an early supper and it's a lot of work. I mean, after Friday and Saturdays, we're so busy on the weekends. Getting up Sunday morning and coming in here to do brunch just isn't feasible. So we reserve the right to do it on special occasions, though, like Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. Easter. Oh, yeah. Um, do you guys do, like, a different menu for that? Yes. It's a different menu. Yes. We did a special menu. Um, limited the choices. And you, yes, because you got to be faster, like a Mother's Day. Mother's Day is a wonderful day for restaurants, but people... Not all, but a lot of people do not like Mother's Day. But yes, and so you, you, it has to be faster. It has to look prettier. Um, it has to have like a Mother Day feel. Which me. are all things you can do, and we did. And it was a wonderful day. It was our first Mother's Day ever, and it was very successful. It's just a lot of work. The bottom line is to do a Sunday on a regular basis just doesn't work for us. But... Mother's Day and other days, we might be able to. We've so. done special. We've had people come and do their holiday parties on a Sunday here, bringing their, their crew because we're closed, and it's just their event that day, and we've done that as well. And we'll do that occasionally, but not regularly. We, when we were just strictly Italian food, it was, very, it was a limited menu. We'd do a few specials here and there. People liked that, but at the same time, staying within just the genre of Italian food, that did limit people. So people wouldn't come back as much. Really? So by expanding the menu to French cuisine and offering a lot more seafood now than we used to, and Dax really has reign of doing anything he wants with specials. They don't even need to follow in Italian or <laughs> French. So but my Sorry. point was is that a limited menu is, is better. I think people are less confused. There aren't as many choices. I mean, even with our menu now, which is only a one-page menu for our regular items, sometimes people still have a hard time making a decision. And then it's up to the server to steer them. You know, oftentimes they'll ask for our opinion, and every server has their own favorite things, and so it just depends on who you're talking to. But, um, but by offering other types of cuisine, that boosted, that's boosting our customer base because more and more people are coming more often because they don't aren't just limited to pasta. You know, they have, they can have a pork chop or a steak. It's yes. more it's more appealing to larger groups, yeah, on a regular basis. So, but I think a shorter, a, a smaller menu is better, at least for our situation.
occasionally once every few months we'll get a customer who will come in to sit down they'll look at the menu and they'll leave like won't even tell us they'll just leave okay. because Price. it's more expensive than they were expecting uh, it's not price. it's not like those other italian places their chains i mean they're used to those places I'm I'm if they sure. do decide to stay though in order and they eat if it's not like those other places sometimes they're not happy because they're expecting the americanized version of italian food and that's not what we make here yeah. yeah, or just mushy pasta, overcooked pasta. I mean, most of the Americanized pasta places cook their pasta till it's almost water. I mean, whereas we do it al dente, and it's just a little crunch in it, like they do in Italy, homemade. huh? And it's homemade, so it's different. It's not what they were. It's very few. I'm just saying there are those out there that do come into our doors. That it's not the experience that yeah. they were looking for. It's an expectations right mismatch. Yeah. Questions. Before I forget, thank you both for taking the time. On your day oh, off, thank oh, you. Your precious free thank time you. to this, uh, hang out. This was fun. I hope you can edit it to a manageable podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably have some disclaimer in me and like, okay, oh, you no. guys know the F word yet? <laughs> no, you, edit, you have to edit time. all that out. Just make me sound like a normal person. That's going to be challenging. Like, like a business person. You well, do you're the artist. The, okay, the, then make me yeah, make you are me very flamboyant. <laughs> you are the artist, and it, it's it's and most people that know and love us and love Dax know that about him, and they accept it anyway. So that yeah, he does have to tone it down around children though. Children love me, <laughs> and old people. Um, it's like the energy thing. It's the energy. Yes, he does. He energy. He's he's great with kids. Um, no, I I appreciate. The opportunity. Yeah, um, we we really are gonna. We, our intention is to be here for a long time. We love it. So I, I don't know what else to say. Thanks. Thanks again to Dax and Lawson, creators of Mason, located on Railroad Street in Sherwood, Oregon. You can find them online at MasonRestaurantSherwood.com and on Facebook at Mason Restaurant Sherwood. In podcast news, I asked for reviews a few weeks ago, and actually, I got a way better response than I expected, so thank you. I'd really like to hear your feedback, so if you have thoughts on how to make the show better, ideas for guests, verbal tics that you find annoying, so that, that, that's all good, but if you have other things that uh, would make it a better listening experience for you, please let me know. You can find me on Facebook, uh, Nicholas Peel, or on Facebook, a Why Try Podcast, or you can Email me at whytrypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet at me at whytrypodcast. Uh, you can come talk to me in person, too. Uh, I really don't care. And I would prefer to hear feedback and improve than to not hear it and get a suck indefinitely. So help me by leaving review and feedback. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion. These space exploits are the stuff of song and legend. Find more of their music at cepdx.bandcamp.com. If you're already a fan, uh, you should check out my conversation with their drummer, Ben Dorothy. I'm working on editing a new version of that episode where I'm a little louder and Ben isn't as loud, so you don't have to have a hand on the volume knob the entire time you're listening to it, which I assume isn't the safest thing for driving. Finally, you can find more episodes of this podcast at nicholaspeel.com or wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit subscribe in your app. Thanks for listening.